Welcome to Six Degrees Within YGK, a podcast where we get everyone within the YGK area where we talk about health, fitness, and overall balance of life. I'm your host, Bob Payne, owner of CrossFit Limestone and Limestone Athletics. Welcome to another podcast with Six Degrees Within YGK. Today I got Dr. Peter Payne, the CrossFit athlete, Masters CrossFit athlete, um, dad, coach, and my oldest brother here. Pete, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me here. All right. No, this is going to be good. So there's going to be a few things I want to jam with you today on. Um, Like I said, we included that you're um, a doctor, Dr. Peter Payne, chiropractic, owner of the LiveWell. Um, before we jump into all that, first, I want to get into more of your sports background, right? Let's sure start with that. Sure. Because um, I know sports is a very important part of your life, your whole yeah. family's life, um, your kids are all involved in it. So let's get into, like, start right from the beginning. What sports did you play? How did you go right up into like chiropractic school there. Sure. Okay, Bob. Well, uh, when you were just a young, young lad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, was, yeah. I was probably like three years old, but yeah. yeah. If, if actually even before that, because uh, it started right from uh, in grade nine with all my buddies, we uh, all tried out for the football team and I got cut back then. And back then when trying out for football, all they did was they did like a max bench press, uh, max leg squat. And I think a 100 yard dash or something like that and they had like those days we had like 150 kids trying out for the junior team and so I, I didn't make it and that kind of fueled a big kind of desire to kind of change and really make it because all my buddies did so that's what spurred me into the first working out back in the day um and then the next year made it and went on and played football at high school there for four years and then at queen's played high school or played uh, football at Queens as well. Uh, so I remember even back in high school, um, that spurned a huge interest in, into fitness and health. I remember uh, being a teenager buying as many muscle and fitness magazines. I don't even know if they have those magazines anymore. But I don't see any. I always see guys talk about the magazines from the 80s there. Yeah, so they were big, like, big fitness magazines, but mostly for bodybuilders. But uh, you always got a kind of a cool perspective and new information on training and sets and recovery and that kind of thing. And the other cool thing, when reading those magazines, I always liked the articles by a guy named Tom Dieters, who is the editor of Muscle and Fitness Magazine. And he had a DC after his name. I never knew back then what DC meant. Now, of course, it means doctor of chiropractic. And his approach and the health approach to fitness was kind of set the seed for my approach to health later on when I went into chiropractic school as well. Um, went to Queens, was playing football there, training a lot there. Always loved training. And, and what working position out. did you play? Uh, middle linebacker, middle linebacker, yeah. And uh, in our third year, we got the opportunity to go over to England and play. They play uh, NFL-style football in England. So we went over to play a couple of men's teams, which is a lot of fun. And then just real quick there, the difference between NFL and, I guess, Canadian is – where are the, some of the main differences there? Well, they play three down, four down football. We play three down, a uh, slightly smaller field, one less guy on the field. Um, so it was a little bit different for sure. 
And there, in their men's leagues back then, they're allowed to have one, one ex-pro player, and the other guys are all amateurs. So one ex-pro on each side of the ball. So only one guy like on the field at a time, or one like on yeah, the roster. Yeah, well, well, on the field at a time. Okay. So they had like an ex-pro running back. He was just like crazy, but yeah, no nope. look for like the be- the best position, like yeah. running back or QB. Exactly, yeah. and he could play like any. Nobody could catch him or tackle him, but nobody else could play. And so we am smoking them like forty-eight nothing or something like that. The poor guy, you feel bad for the guy. But after the game, there's a bunch of guys watching. A bunch of friends we met while we were there for a couple of weeks. We were staying in a in a university, and one of the guys watching said, "I'll drive you over to the pub." afterwards to meet the other team to have a few beers for the other team kind of thing and so we got 15 guys in this land rover and obviously well looking back now he was probably having a few beers while he was watching the game and 15 guys in one land rover yeah we, we just had <laughs> oh, it man. like we were packed in there guys in the back crunched up i remember i was against the one one door and we had like five guys going across and guys laying on our laps and th- this is all football players so none of you guys are small right? no like we're, like we're just, like, I'm not their... saying you're small now, but back then you probably would have had maybe 20, 30 pounds more on you. Yeah, yeah. We we're all, yeah, kind of big athletic guys. And this is like a, but one of those big, big Land Rovers, he goes around the corner too, too fast and rolls it. And I remember being upside down in this Land Rover and one, another guy coming over and said, oh, I see leaking gas. And everyone's just freaking trying to get out of this, this Land Rover. Unfortunately, well, fortunately, I was the only one that kind of got hurt. I, I went to the hospital. I, I injured my shoulder, my chest, and that type of thing. Coming back from England, I couldn't work out because of that injury, the car accident. And that's what first introduced me to chiropractic. I, I started seeing a chiropractor who was able to help my shoulder, my back, and was able to start training within a few months kind of thing and got me back on the field. And once, so that opened up my mind to the chiropractic approach to health and fitness. And uh, the more I looked into it, the better it, it fell in line with my philosophy. Went, finished Queens and, and football there, and then went to CMCC, the Canadian Chiropractic College up in Toronto, which is a four-year program. Uh, and there, a good friend of mine was uh, the manager of a big gym up in uh, Toronto, right at Young and Dun- Young in Eglinton, called the Dunfield. And back then, it was like a like the top end, kind of really prestigious kind of gym. And I was there as a fitness consultant, personal trainer, that kind of thing. So I uh, was able to kind of keep working out and kind of keep in, in, in line with all the new fads and trends with fitness while I was going through chiropractic school. It helped pay the bills a little bit. And then graduated from there. I kind of got away from a bit of the weightlifting because I did it for so long with football and, and in school. For sure. I never remember around then, too, you doing a lot of triathlons, too. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of, I guess I got, yeah, I kind of got bored, I guess, of the, the traditional kind of going to the gym and doing, you know, tries and chest on day one and shoulders and back day two, whatever kind of thing. Uh, so I got into doing triathlons, did some marathons, did some ski marathons, all that kind of stuff. Uh, even back then, being 200 plus pounds, no, I don't have the body of a marathoner. <laughs> so I don't know what I was thinking of that. Yeah. Did a couple marathons and that knew that wasn't the right thing for my body type. And that's kind of around that time CrossFit kind of started up. What year would that been that you started getting into it? Because I got into CrossFit probably about two, 2011, maybe around then, yeah. I remember the first introduction was a guy uh, a guy that used to come in here, Craig Sharp. He was a big... I oh, played, yeah, yeah, Sharpie, yeah. Yeah, I played football with him, and he was always a gym rat, too. He always loved working out. And he said to me one day, oh, Pete, you should uh, look at this thing called CrossFit. You'd love it. 
And I remember going on the main site, looking at it, and I think back then they would post workouts of the day. And that was probably, like they may have had like one workout. It may have been like a five by five for deadlifts. And I remember seeing that, that's not a workout, that's nuts. So I looked at it, didn't think it was, no, it wasn't enough kind of thing. I'd be done that in five minutes. I'm not going to do that kind of thing. Yeah, just to jump in there. So if anybody doesn't know CrossFit all that well or the history of it, so what they used to do is post a workout on the website. It's one workout. And they kind of rotate through, like, some days. So it'll be – like, they want to either have a water or strength piece. And But once every, like, oh, five or six workouts would be a strength piece where it's just, like, five-by-five five deadlift or um, built to a heavy single where there wasn't a lot of volume. So – yeah, so it seemed to me like it wasn't enough. Like it, it, so, but then I got I would go back to it every so often and take something here and there and maybe try a little bit of it and come back and try a little bit and come back. And then I think our brother Bill got into it. Uh, oh, were you before him? Yeah, I, I was before Bill. I, okay, I'm not, I'm not trying to like take credit here, but I, I I remember doing my first workout telling Bill and Bill because I will say all their brothers because there's four of us, you're the oldest, I'm the youngest, Bill's the second um, youngest, and then there's Dave, all of us were kind of gym rats, and I remember I started doing CrossFit, like I started getting into it, Bill was like, okay, I'll look into it, so that's one reason why okay. I'm, so I'm, I'm taking away his thumb. It all came that. from you, Bob. Yeah, I, I was the first. No. Youngest knows best, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I think I probably looked into it a little bit further, and uh, started following it a little bit more online, and... Uh, and then I guess the rest is history. I think uh, I had some equipment. I could do stuff at home. And then you came into the Livewell Center running Limestone Athletics. Or back then it was... It was, it was, it was I think it started off as Limestone Athletics. Then we went to CrossFit. Now we're kind of, we're both, right? Okay. So. Yeah. So you started in uh, the Livewell Center, which is our clinic, and, uh, and then moved over here. And I, I've been, I guess, competing in CrossFit since 2013, maybe? I think we did a, a partner workout or partner competition. I, I paired up with Dave, our other brother. Maybe yeah, I, 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 did, I forgot about that competition. Yeah. yeah. So that was, um, I think we were still in the live well at that time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and I helped organize it through Mercury, yeah. Jeff Dawson. Now they're known as the fort. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys, yeah. I remember you guys, um, you and Dave did that. Yeah. Um, that would have been your first competition. First competition, yeah. And as uh, I think we came second or something in that. Yeah, so that's kind of fun. And fun fun doing a partner competition, especially with a brother kind of thing. And then you and I did some more competitions together. And yeah. Well, we've done a couple where we competed against each other, and then we also were partners. In, that's uh, right. Mo Bros, the one up in Belleville there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, we did one where we competed. And what, what was that, Brockville? Yep. Yeah, there's one or two in Brockville, I think, yeah. And then we always compete in the open against each other. Yeah, always. <laughs> yeah, I always say we compete. Now, one thing I will say, because um, we'll go back to working out and stuff. So you're going back into um, into the gym, like doing the buys, the tries, all that, like separate mu- muscle groups. When you're training for football, is that how you trained back then? Because you, you would have done some sort of power clean back then, right? Yeah, yep. but, but yeah. Back then, because it was based on on testing, so we got tested, and the power clean was always your three rep max power clean. Uh, I remember back then; I think I was the second or third highest on the team, which was kind of cool. Um, but, but you never had any formal training in the power clean. No, but we did have a, a woman named Melody Torcolacci who 
was on the national shot put team. So she was a very good, accomplished Olympic lifter, uh, really strong. So she did give us some uh, instruction on uh, power cleans and she also designed the programs for the teams and, and a lot of it was by my third or fourth year they're they're pretty good programs pretty uh they would take like an hour and a half in the gym kind of thing a lot of push presses squats uh lunges um and power cleans yeah, yeah. not just the grip and rip it type no no bicep curl yeah they, they were pretty involved and pretty uh yeah, they were good programs for sure. And then, of course, on top of that, a lot of plyometrics, uh, spending a lot of time back when they had the Jock Hardy Arena, you know, doing jumps up the steps at the stadium there and uh, sprints and that kind of thing. Now, looking back at that training, because then you went the opposite, is doing the marathons and the triathlons, which is a very endurance sport. Um, like, what did you, looking back, what do you think you enjoyed more doing the like doing more of the gym stuff or like, Oh, for sure. I always, yeah, yeah, for sure. You always have a great time when you, when you go in the gym, it's, it's, um, I, I guess it's two different types of, uh, focuses in the gym. You, you, you go in there you get the work done. You feel great. You get a, uh, you know, a bit of a rush after, you know, a really hard, intense kind of workout with the endurance stuff. It's, I found it more for this, like a, a good way to socialize. Like I did it with a, I did a lot of marathons with my buddy. We'd always go out for these long runs and talk the whole way. And if we went and did a race in another city, it's a nice way to go see another city kind of thing. So okay. no, no, it's interesting because I always thought working out with your buddies in the weight room was like the social time. During sports, like it's social, but not as much because you usually you only do it with one person. But no, that's interesting. Yeah, well, you're also like if you might go out for like a two-hour run kind of thing. So to run, yeah. So lots of time to talk kind of thing. Whereas in the gym, I'm, I do tend to be a little bit more focused and just want to kind of you know, do what's needed kind of thing. Yeah, I guess you can't really talk when you're bench pressing. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no. So, no, that's awesome. No. Yeah. And then you, so you've done quite a few of the CrossFit competitions. Um, you've gone up to Wasega Beach and yep. you've done a couple of years there. You even place on the podium the one time where you got the you got a little bit of a paycheck so that's you right can say you're an amateur athlete yeah i have a shirt my favorite shirt is the uh, semi-pro professional athlete so yeah. i can wear that yeah yeah i can wear that shirt yeah so yeah you 150 got bucks i want 150 bucks yeah and then you get like the big white check yeah. there too yeah like i still have a check oh, yeah. that's perfect hanging above the fireplace yeah. Yeah. yeah no and um the one thing every time because we always competed in the open because um, for anybody who doesn't know what the Open is, it's the CrossFit Games there. Um, every year they do the Open. It's individual. It's all online. We do it in the gym here. We post it. Now, one thing, I always I always um, enjoyed the workouts. I had a little bit more of the skill base, like the muscle-ups, double-unders, and that was always my jam, and your jam was always the just the pure grit, right? The legend of P-Pain, the pure grit. <laughs> yeah. Like grab the barbell and just go, right? And that's what you're known for, right? Yeah, I guess so. I get. I, I like the long grinding kind of workouts for sure, especially yeah. if there's a heavy weight and a grind for sure. Yeah, if there's some heavy deadlifts and yeah. like some wall balls or something like that, I know that Just you're going to do well on that. It always drove me nuts because you always got me on that. <laughs> and then this year there was the Masters, which was it changed it up this year, so it was the online qualifier, the quarterfinals for the Masters. Yeah. And so, um, even though you're 15 years older than me, not saying age is a thing, but 15 years older than me, you still beat me this year. 
not, not all of them, I think. I mean, no, but, but the one, uh, like, I think, okay, if you and I went to head-to-head, best out of five, you got me in three of them, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, you, the one that you got me, and I will say, I always I had double-unders on you. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. you, you beat me in the one that had 300 double-unders, right? Yeah. And I, I thought, I, I wasn't saying, I was like, oh, I got peed on this, but you got me on that one by, like, 30 seconds. So I will say, you must have been practicing. I Yeah, I think I told you, I, I, and it, it's not a fluke. I did get a new rope. I've gone through so many ropes. You see my garage. I think you've There's gone so over, ropes. like, about 20 ropes over yeah. the last seven years. But uh, my double-unders are kind of consistent now, and then I got a new one before that competition because the old one was all frayed. Like, and I'm, I'm doing it in my garage, which has rafters on it. So if you don't hit it exactly right, you're hitting the rafter, and then it was, you know, the rope is all frayed. It, it's a nightmare. Uh, so a new rope and you get in the right spot and kind of forces you to get in a rhythm and yeah and, I, and I've been practicing double unders yeah no, I yeah. will say when I saw that when you told me your score on that I was like damn it yeah. I thought I had you on that one oh, that was good uh, that was good because you also got me on the rope climbs and the pistols workout too, oh so. that's because of the pistols though yeah yeah but any other gymnastics move and gymnastics workout I'm not that's not my forte now, with um, doing CrossFit now, like how often are you, like how often are you working out now? Uh, now I'm doing five workouts a week, I'd say, maybe six. But one of those workouts might be a, an easy recovery. Um, so I have a biker at home. So I'll do that one day a week where it's just an easy, so I don't know if I count that as a, as a workout or no, not. I no, will say that, like a recovery. That's yeah. a recovery kind of thing, yeah. So I've been doing five kind of more intense workouts a week, which includes some strength and some type of CrossFit stuff. Yeah. yeah. Nine, because one of the big things I'm, I'm always exploring is all about the balance. I'm trying to find like 60 minutes, grind it out, right? Yeah. And obviously with, you got three kids here um, and you're running a business with your wife there, Laura, Dr. Laura Gifford, and come in and try and find time to work out, right? It, yeah. It, it can be tough. Like, yeah. What are some strategies that you have developed over the years to figure out, like, okay, this is my time? Well, number one is, is uh, letting go of, of, of the outcome and in just enjoying the process. So a few years ago, I was really trying to compete. I, I had a thought maybe if I give it a big go, I can actually make it to the final CrossFit Games. And so I was training hard. I was doing, like, two-hour workouts and sometimes twice a day. But yeah, I so I remember that time. Yeah, because yeah, you, you'd be coming into the gym after a long day, coming in at like 7 o'clock, doing another workout. Yeah, yeah, I, and I was grinding hard, but I was really uh, tired and sore always, which is normal. But then at the same time, like if our son Matt said, "Dad, can you throw the football with me?" I said, "No, I can't. I, I got to save it for my workout." Or I was too sore from working out earlier in the day. I couldn't do anything else. It was just all CrossFit, and that that wasn't a good way to approach things. Um, but I, so realizing now, like I try and keep it at an hour and I get in there, I always do a warm-up, I stretch, do some kind of strength and some kind of Metcon and keep it at an hour and then I'm in and out. Because um, you work out a lot in your, in your garage too, Yeah, right? yeah. With, with COVID now, it's all kind of in the garage or in the basement. So I'm lucky enough to have lots of equipment at home, lots of weights, a rower, a biker, that kind of thing. Uh, keeping it at an hour. I also don't leaderboard anymore so in the past i used to uh you know submit my score if i'm following some kind of program and then compare my score to everyone else's scores and feel beat up or thinking i should have gone harder or i should have done this and 
So I don't do that at all. I just kind of go based on feel and I try and push myself and enjoy the process for sure. Because the leaderboard can help, but it also can be toxic. Yeah, yeah, right? for sure. Because I've done it too where you go and like, oh, I should have went harder. But sometimes it's good because you can see someone else score. You kind of push yourself. And when I say score, it's like how fast someone did a workout or how much weight they end up lifting, yeah. things like that. Yeah. No, um, no. so you always got to be careful on that. Um, you mentioned like throwing the football around with your kids and stuff. Now, they have all done CrossFit of some sort. Like the yep. oldest is Emily. You got three kids, Emily, Katie, Matt. Yep. Emily's 18. Matt's 12. 14. Matt's 14. Well, 14. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, all right. Time's flying by for them. Yeah. yeah. It's um, COVID. But they all have done CrossFit, some sort of CrossFit and yeah. all that. Now, very active family. Like you guys are all very fit and stuff like that. Um, I will say they probably, well, from you and Laura, got like all those genes in them to be very fit always playing sports right yeah not just genes but also just watching watching you know trying to emulate what their parents are doing and and we have always had fitness and health as a main priority like our value system is is number one is family number two is health so and, and that's kind of creeped into their approach to life and health as well um all of them without us pushing them, they all work out, they all compete for their individual sports, but they're also, you know, work out on their own as well, regardless of the sport, uh, which is really, really cool. It's really exciting. Uh, for example, like on Saturday that just happened, was I had an awesome day because uh, Matt, Emily and I did a CrossFit workout all together in the garage. And it was just an amazing kind of way of spending time with your kids. You know, I, we're not forcing them to do it. They wanted to do it with us. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. And now I'm thinking, like, maybe we'll do that every Saturday is, or, you know, once a weekend, do a workout where we can all do something together and kind of push each other and be with each other kind yeah, of thing. A little pain throwdown there. A little yeah. pain throwdown, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the old guy teaching the, uh, the kids how to do it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. And um, now what sports do they play? So Emily Rose uh, she's going to Queens in her first year coming up, and so she's rowing. At, will be rowing at Queens, so strength training, CrossFit fits really well with that because you know you got to be strong, but you also got to be fit for rowing. Uh, and then Katie is a swimmer. She's right now down in the states. She her hope is to go to the states on a scholarship, so she's down in the states right now swimming. And then Matt is he swims, but he also plays football and basketball. He loves football and basketball, so. Yeah. Now, now, Katie went to the Olympics there. That she, so she had to go down to the States there just because there was no swimming happening here. That's and right. Before COVID, she made Olympic trials there. Yeah, she made Olympic trials, and then that got changed and postponed and postponed, and, and then she wasn't able to train at all up here. So uh, we were able to find a situation where she can, you know, she's living with a family down in North Carolina, and they're swimming now sometimes twice a day in full-on training, um, kind of interesting the the dry land is all done by a CrossFit coach. So they do CrossFit three times a week. And then they're in the pool. I think they do like eight sessions in the pool on top of the three CrossFit. So yeah, she's full on down there. Loves it. Yeah. Now, do you ever find like, does she ever find that's a lot swimming eight times a week or is that what is, or is that kind of like norm? Uh, it's normal. Like she's tired for sure. She's tired, but she knows that's just the way it is. That's expected kind of thing. And you just get used to training when tired. Um, so it, it's, yeah, it's, he's tired and fatigued and, and sore sometimes, but that's expected. That's just the way it is. Yeah, and I guess it also becomes like their social life too. And so that's when they see their friends because like you going back to all your buddies going out for 
football, like it was the same for us. We did the same, played football. We also, I remember in high school, grade 10, 11, we all decided to go out to play rugby. There was really, there, I think there was a rugby team the year before, but then like 15 of us decided to go out and play rugby together. Oh, yeah? And that was like some of the best times. Like we were horrible. We were learning how to play. We didn't know anything. Um, I think we won one game that year <laughs> against another team that went, like fielded like 10 players and we had 15. So we barely <laughs> won that. But um, but I think that was the best part. It's like you just create those bonds and that yeah. through sports. And yeah. I think that's just so important for the kids, right? Oh, for sure. When you're suffering with your friends, like suffering, going through a hardship together, through adversity together, that creates the bonds for sure. It creates yeah. memories and it makes you tougher, stronger, develops character, which yeah. is, I mean, sports is so great for so many things, but one of the best things is, you know, developing your ability to overcome adversity and train through toughness. You no, know? it, it, it's, it's really good. We, we love sports as a family. We love the grind in sports for sure. Mm-hmm. Now with that, cause going with the whole balance and all that, like, um, with the eating and all that, now do you find that your food bills are just through the roof trying to feed all those kids? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty intense. So we, as I said earlier, like our value is uh, health and family. So we, we don't have, as a family, we choose just not to spend a lot on luxuries, you know, things like vacations and stuff like that. But we do have, we spend a lot on food. You know, that's one of the priorities that we do kind of focus on. Uh, we, yeah, we, we um, it's probably not politically correct, but we go to the grocery store. Like now during COVID times, we're going to the grocery store at least once a day. <laughs> you know, you shouldn't be doing that, but we do. And, and we're spending a lot of money on groceries for sure. Oh, for sure. And now one thing, like using Laura, Laura's always um, talked about eating healthy. I just remember even when I was like six years old or eight years old, whenever you and Laura started um, dating, um, I always remember she was always very big on nutrition and stuff like that. And like, that's like, when I think about Laura, that's one of the major things, right? Yeah. Um, your wife, Laura, is just how much food is important, right? Yeah. And by local and all that. So you probably know where I'm going to go with this is that she's also always ahead of the game, right? And I always say, yeah. like, she was talking about, like, the paleo, primal, like, you guys were talking about that, like, 10, 15 years ago, even before, because I was either in Mexico or in Jasper, and, like, you were talking about doing all that stuff. Even yeah. before, like, I'm not saying, like, you guys, like before, like healthy eating when um, it was so important to eat locally grown food. Before it became like I don't want to say it's a fad now, but before mm-hmm. it became mainstream, right? Yeah, yeah. So she, yeah, we've always been uh, kind of focused on. I don't want to say the latest fad or trend, but always looking for where science and health is going and what can you do to kind of maximize your your health as much as you can. And yeah, we were following a guy named Paul Check for a long time. Uh, he was, he had, he, he was basically paleo, but it wasn't even called paleo back then. It was, it was probably about 20 years ago. Um, and yeah, that's, that's been Laura's focus for sure. She, she loves talking about food, nutrition, diet. Uh, and I love talking about exercise and, and fitness. So it's kind of a, a good mesh. It's a balance, right? Yeah. And then obviously Laura loves talking about homegrown food. So let's jump into the one time when you had a couple pigs. Oh, yes, yes. We thought, well, I don't know if we thought. Probably Laura and the kids thought it'd be a good idea to raise pigs. We live in a, in the country. We have a bit of space with a barn and that kind of thing. And uh, the kids always talked about you know, getting animals. And, and back then, we were buying uh, most of our produce from local farmers. 
and we thought maybe it'd be a, an idea to grow our own pigs. So we went out and got a couple pigs that were six weeks old. Uh, they're large black pigs. That's uh, the reed. Now, what was it hard trying to find like where to go and get them? Like, because it's just not like going to the grocery store. Like, you no. can't look it up in the yellow pages. It's like, uh, but but if you talk to the farmers, you know, you, you'll get plugged in. It's like back then we were also buying raw milk, which which is is illegal. But you know, we'd be we'd be hooked in with the the local farmers, and we'd find a a raw dairy farmer getting our raw dairy dairy milk. Uh, even goat's milk, we're getting raw goat's milk for years and years. That's what we raised our kids on, was raw goat's milk, which was pretty gross. <laughs> but they don't remember it, so they did but pretty you, well. you never it. had that with your cereal in the morning? I never, oh my gosh, I would not eat that. Well, no. <laughs> it was, it's good for you, but I'm glad it was them eating it and not me. Um, yeah, so we got a like, couple pigs. We named the first one we got Black Bob. <laughs> which yeah, is I remember that, yeah. yeah. He's, and uh, we raised them for, I think it was like six months. And then they get to, basically you raise them until they get too big. You can't handle them anymore. And then you take them to the uh, to the place that, you know, takes care of them basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah the and harvest house. Harvest them, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, we had some, you know, filled up our freezer for a long time. And then we did it again. The second set of, of pigs, these guys were a little bit, actually the second set were girls, and we also lived next to a golf course. Yeah, so, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, so the trouble was, like, you, you, it's, we had no idea how hard it is to keep pigs in a pen. They were always escaping and getting out, and they were so strong and so determined. They just lived for eating food, and every day I'd come home from work, and the pigs were gone. And we get a phone call from the golf course saying, your pigs are on our golf course. <laughs> And the pigs could destroy a green and like. Oh minutes. yeah, like I remember because they, they had mom and dad's phone as the second. Oh yeah, second like caller. I remember I was over at mom and dad's house. They get a call. They're like, "Yeah, your pigs are on the seventh hole of the <laughs> yeah. green again. We're running a tournament. Can you come get them?" We're like, "Oh crap, <laughs> yeah. we don't know what to do." Yeah, no, they uh, and they can do a lot of damage. Like they just, we used to have a really nice patch of grass where by the barn, and they just eat it up in a day kind of thing. It's crazy. So if they did that to the golf course, we'd be screwed. So every day... I'd you guys probably weren't members at the golf course at this time, though. No. What's that? <laughs> no, no, no. The, the owner of the golf course was not happy with us. Uh, but I'd run onto the golf course with a big bucket of slop and just bang the bucket and the pigs would come right up to me and they just live for food. So all they want to do is eat. So they're on the golf course digging in the grass to try and look for grubs. So you just get a big pail of slop and try and call them in and They'll follow you. Because they use their nose, right? Their noses are, like, like, yeah. like very hard, so they're able to oh, just yeah. turn over the dirt. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy what they can do. Yeah, I can't see the um, owner being too happy with the No, guys. no, she was not happy with the pigs. But uh, they were so much work, and then the very end of those, those pigs, I had to bring them into a trailer the end of December, and if I didn't get them in that day, I was going to have to hold on to them for for weeks because the arbitrar was booked for, for months. And one, one thing with pigs, when they get close to the, their time, the harvest time, we'll call yeah. it, um, they start to, their personality changes. Yeah, they can get aggressive. Like they, they, they you know, again, they want to eat. That's all they want to do. And so you can't deter them from anything else. And they get so big. Like the ones, like the second time when we were taking them in, that one was like 270 and one was 260. So they're getting up there and, and weight. 
and, and they have sharp teeth. So I, I, was, I was getting like scared trying to feed them kind of thing. No, because I remember a couple of times you like you guys had to go away for a swim meet or something. I, I'll have to go over there and feed the pigs. I remember a couple of times pour the bucket of slop over. Oh, yeah. They're just jumping up on me. And like I remember one time I just got mad and I ended up pouring the, the oh, slop yeah. right on the one's yeah. head. And then they started pouting and just went into the barn and wouldn't eat. And yeah. I felt horrible i had to go explain to you guys like i don't know what the name i think it was the first set of pigs so it was black bob or yeah i was like yeah black bob didn't eat today so <laughs> poor black bob yeah no it was, it was a lot of work it was, it was fun and interesting time but uh it's not my main gig and trying to work and come home and deal with those guys in the winter time was was a lot of work so after those guys went we didn't do it again yeah do you ever think you'll go like with chickens or something uh if i retired and, and had a lot of time yeah it would be nice i would love to have a goat it'd be cool to have a goat out there just to look out in in the grass and see a goat out there uh chickens but we have so many coyotes and and weasels and like all our neighbors have had chickens and they've all been taken so that that i don't think that's feasible where we live but a goat a donkey something like that would be kind of cool no that would be cool yeah no. all right pete no that was awesome thanks for jumping on for the podcast here um Look forward to doing more with you, man. That was great. Okay, thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me.